on, guys? On today's show, we got a great one for you. We were talking about the college football playoff rankings and the atrocity that is having uh, Florida only drop one spot. We're talking the NCAA waivers that have been given out to college basketball athletes. And we're going over the big conference championship games and giving out our picks. It's a good one. Let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is December 18th, and I'm sad, Tim. I am, I am very sad. And I am sad because it is conference championship week, which I love, but it also means college football is coming to an end. <laughs> it's not, not great it for is, me. I'm not doing well. It is me. very sad. It is very sad. And I thought you were talking to me. Uh, you're were, you were very sad because of the uh, group of people that we have on the college football playoff committee. Oh. Um, <laughs> and for that, Nate, I need to apologize. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you saw this coming as soon as the first rankings came out, basically. And I argued with you over basically nothing <laughs> saying, and my argument was simple. It was, there's reasonable people on the college football playoff committee. Turns out, boy, was I wrong. Wrong. They've been yeah. setting this up for the big 12 to be able to backdoor their way into this, um, backdoor their way into this worse than Baltimore backdooring their way into that cover against <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, Iowa State number six. Unbelievable. What are we doing here? Unbelievable. I I appreciate the apology. Uh, I will take it. Thank you very kindly. I did smell it from a mile away, and I said that exact example. They're setting it up so Oklahoma, who we're going to get to the games and who I think is going to win that game, but the example I used is I thought, because at the time I thought if Oklahoma wins out, they're going to be in the playoff if there's any form of chaos. Um, And that's exactly what they've done. And the fact that Iowa State, who lost to Louisiana, who then lost to Coastal Carolina, and Coastal Carolina sitting at 12, and Iowa State sitting at 6, at 8-2, and two, is atrocious. But it is the college football playoff committee who shows their true color year in and year out that it is all about money and the Power 5 brands. And that shouldn't be all that surprising because college football has a long history of not wanting to find who le- who is the truly best team in college football. They never have been about it. Um, from the start of the time, because the way national champion or national champions have been decided has varied throughout the years, but it's been dumb. Like at one point, the number one and number two teams weren't even playing each other for the national championship. It was like whoever the writers thought was the best team in the country. And then we got to a system where they had a ranking and they would have the one and two team play, but that was pretty subjective. And then we got to the BCS era and that would... That was all about the computers. And now we're here, but it comes down to the simple fact that the NCAA does not present this trophy. They endorse it, but the Power Five present this trophy. So there is no, there is always going to be, until we expand the playoffs, this kind of fraudulent system that is all about big names, big money, and brand loyalty. Because right now, you cannot tell me. The only reason Oklahoma is sitting at 10 right now, Iowa State sitting at 6, Florida drops one place after losing to a bad LSU team is because of name recognition and brand loyalty. That's what it comes down to. And right now, the top four, which I don't have a problem with the top four right now, but that is the playoff committee's wet dream. To have Notre Dame and their alumni base and that money potentially in the playoffs with Ohio State and that alumni base and that money, Alabama and that alumni base and that money, and Clemson, that or that Uh, alumni base and that money this is their wet dream of a college football playoff which i think there is a potential for a real nightmare disaster here for the college football playoff but it's absolutely absurd how the rankings are right now 
Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, I, I slightly disagree with you on the they don't care about getting a true college football win or true national champion because they do actually end up finding out the best teams. It's always that fourth team, though, that I have a problem with. But that fourth team always makes no sense. That fourth team, they don't really care who goes in there. They always put the biggest name. Now, the past couple of years, I'm only saying that because they always have the top three, and then the fourth team is just whoever else, and they're, they've are they never had a shot, really. Besides the Ohio State game, though. So, I don't... Uh, see, here's my thing. I don't even... Because the college football playoff started in 2014. Before that, it was computers deciding who the number one Before and number two team. Right, yes. exactly. So, it's never... Like, college football has a long history of not being interested in seeing who... Because, like, give credit to college basketball and every other sport in the NCAA. There's a tournament. Now, we can argue whether the tournament's too big or too small. For college football, I think it's a little too small. But you're not going to expand it past, like, eight, I think, is getting too big. Because I think there is a big drop-off. But I think there is a very strong argument for having a 16 playoff. And that would decide. Because in the example I've laid out all season, and this is if Cincinnati wins on Saturday against Tulsa. Does UC beat Alabama most times. No. You give them 100 games, they're probably losing 99 of those. But there is a chance that they could win that game. And that is because it's the same thing with like Miracle on Ice or any other big upset. If you have a team that plays as a team unit, a cohesive unit, and they scheme it out well, and they find some weaknesses, and they play their A game, and Alabama doesn't play their A game, they might win that game. It's possible, but we'll never ha- we do not have that scenario or the ability to have that upset scenario right now. Now it is football. It's way less likely. It, it doesn't work like football or doesn't like work like basketball and other sports where those upsets are more likely to happen because there's a physical element. There's a style of recruiting, but it's still possible. Like it's still possible f- on years, and it's not going to happen every year that a coach brings in a really good recruiting class three or four years ago, coaches that team up. They don't have guys leaving for the NFL when they're immediately eligible. They're seniors. They're old. They're experienced guys, and they play really good. They're healthy at the end of the year, and you just catch it at the right time. That's entirely possible. It would be great, and I want to see that happen. Most years, it's going to be probably it's going to be exactly what we have every year. The first round is going to be blowouts left and right, mm-hmm. but every once in a while, and I think this year's a great year where it's a little like college football teams are down. Like, this isn't a year where we're going, holy shit, look at the top of these teams. They're all amazing. All these teams have glaring holes, I think, uh, that you could take advantage of. Well, maybe not glaring, but, like, it's a down year. So this is the kind of year where a team could make some madness if we had an expanded playoff or we had a fair ranking, I'll say that. Yeah, I think think even expanding the playoff doesn't do anything. The rankings is ridiculous, though. The people that are in charge of this is insane. How do you have... Not even arguing that Cincinnati should have a shot to win the college football playoff. We can set that aside. We can say, how could you possibly rank Iowa State, Florida, and Georgia over (laughs) over an undefeated UC (laughs) team right now? I mean, what what are we doing? Uh, Georgia has two bad losses. They did not look good at the beginning of the year. Sure, they've made a little bit of a run now with JT Daniels as their quarterback. But, I mean, they haven't done – you're saying the first like half of the season doesn't even matter then. And then the same with Florida, like, okay, so the first half of the season might not matter, but what about the second half of the season? Like they just lost a bad game to LSU. Yeah. And then Iowa state. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you. What are we, what are we doing here? It's a great point. Let's throw aside the, could they win in the, in the college football playoffs? Throw that aside. Like you said, it's a great point. Like we, 
we always say college football's biggest claim is every game matters. Well, it clearly does not. <laughs> like, it does not at all. It is not our fault that JT Daniels wasn't ready to go for Georgia. Yes, do they look like a better team? But so what? He could have gotten hurt in the first game, and they would have been in the same situation they were for the first half of the season. Like, that's entirely possible. You have to win with what you have um, at the time you have it. And they've had chances to go out and get big wins, and they failed. They should not be in the top 10. Florida. Lost to a bad LSU team. And Dan Mullins is out here like, well, maybe we should only play it half a season. Well, you lost to Texas A&M in the first half of the season. So even if you had just played six games, you would have been 5-1. and one. So, like, had just gotten blown out by Alabama and didn't yes. look like a real football team. Yes. <laughs> like, this is, it's absurd um, to only drop a spot. It's fraudulent. The committee is fraudulent. And it, but it is, I think, there are scenarios, and they're unlikely, but there are scenarios with the way this week goes that we could see some true chaos and some real, like, what do you do? And I'll give you one example. We'll talk about the game, but what do you do if Alabama loses to Florida? Florida's seven right now. They, if they're the SEC champion, how do you not put them in? If you have them at seven this week, they win the SEC champion, but you're, what, you're going to leave Alabama out? <laughs> Like that, this that is the type no of stuff, sense. yeah. They're LSU setting up for. Screwed up their chance by losing to their Florida. Screwed up their chance by losing to LSU. Right. They shouldn't have a chance to make it, even if they win the SEC championship. I don't but disagree. They did set them up for it. <laughs> yes, they exactly. They set them up. They said we don't want to move you lower than seven, so we have an argument to put you in the playoff along with Alabama. It's absurd. That should not be the case. It's insane. But that's a scenario that could technically play out this weekend. Like that. That's a. That's a. That's a head scratcher that they're going to have to figure out. Um, or yeah, like that's just, it's, it's so dumb. And I get the art. I get like Dan Mullins is mad that Ohio State's only had to play five games. We'll get to them. They're going to play six this week. And it is that argument like, oh, you didn't have to go through the attrition of a season. You didn't have the physical wear and tear trying to get through the season, trying to get through, you know, what a, a full schedule brings and the challenges there. But like Ohio State's the best team in the big 10, right? At this point, we're going to see this weekend if they truly are. But like at this point, there's nobody really close. So the argument doesn't really hold. They're winning the games they can win. It's a bad situation. There's they an are. argument for and them. They've, and they've had a tough mental test to be able to, are we playing this week or are we not playing yeah. this week? And like, they've played down guys you know, and things like that. They've been low, they've been low staffed. Um, Day hasn't been able to co coach to his full capacity because of COVID issues. Like they are, they're making it through in a tough situation. So you can't fault them. You fault the Big Ten as a whole um, for the situation they put them in. But like you can't fault them for doing what they do. Dan Mullins win the game. Don't have Kyle Pitts out, which Kyle Pitts apparently wanted to play. It was a training staff and coaching decision not to hold him, which to me signals you thought you were going to blow past LSU, which makes sense. You were a great team. LSU's bad this year, but like don't hold him in that game have him play it's probably a completely different game <laughs> it could be it could be a completely different game i don't disagree with that um all right do you have any other thoughts before we move on because we got some things to talk about some big games to talk about it's just it's just a joke and it, it's upsetting because like we hold no power like we're going to tune into the college football playoff no matter what we're going to watch they're going to cash their checks they're going to get the tv ratings and they have no incentive to change right now i guess if we make a big enough uproar maybe but like well, I should say, if chaos happens like the scenarios I'm going to lay out later happens, maybe that will force them to change this format. But uh, I don't, I don't think anything will. Cause, I mean, there's going to be guys like you and I that are going to watch the game regardless because it is college football. Yeah. And then they get the bigger fan bases, so they have the best of both worlds here. 
because the guy, the people that are fans of college football that are watching the smaller teams like UC are going to watch it regardless of if UC's in it or if Ohio State's in it. Cool. That's how you. That's how a school like that is as far as fans go. I'm thinking the only way it's going to change is when we have scenarios where big time programs get screwed because they hold so much weight within their conferences and ultimately the power five holds weight as to what happens here. Um, yes. Like if Ohio state missed out this year, they'd be making a big stink and like that could potentially get some things changed. <laughs> um, potentially we'll see, but big news NCAA wise before we cover these games, huge news this week, huge news for us is Xavier guys, big news for Creighton and other programs. Gonzaga, to name a few. The NCAA has granted all transfer wager, waiver eligibility for college basketball this year, and I have to say it is about damn time. I don't know how this we started the season without this. I don't know. I don't really know a good argument for having kids have to sit a year when they decide to change schools, but thank God we have it because this has immediately made, if you're a Big East team, be scared because Xavier is loaded with Ben Stanley coming off the bench now. Um, yes. Potentially starting too. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but like Travis Steele, we'll see how he manages all that talent um, that he has there and all the guys that can get buckets. But this is huge news for a lot of programs. Creighton to uh, what's his face? The kid from Duke, um, Alex O'Connell, AOC. He he's at Creighton right. apparently. I didn't. He got okay. a waiver eligibility. That's, Some other guys. That's news to me. I think so. Don't okay. Maybe <laughs> I don't. Guess I guess I haven't been. I haven't been up on the transfers at all. At all. I saw um, him. Well, I saw it because uh, a producer of another big time program tweeted like congratulations or something at him. Um, yep. Another big he was, podcast. He is definitely there, huh? Yeah. Um, another guy to hate. And there's some other guys there, but this is huge news and big, big time uh, improvement for the NCAA. They should keep this rule indefinitely like i don't see a reason why kids should have to sit out if they choose if they make a bad decision or things aren't going away at their school i don't know why they shouldn't have freedom to go somewhere else and they have to sit a year it's dumb yeah they should at least have a one-year waiver or one-year exception and i don't i don't know how to say this but that person that turned down ben stanley stanley's waiver should have her job uh reviewed yeah gone see ya never be near i mean any sports how organization do you even come come across that it's, i believe it was a her i don't remember who i don't know who it was but the decision process in making around a legitimate academic reason to transfer like he has a legitimate academic reason this was verified by outside um an outside group who looked at the case and said yeah he should get his waiver like he has a legitimate because of his learning disability he has a legitimate claim to needing to be in person xavier offers that and he has a chance to play basketball like this is the, this is exactly what the NCAA is supposedly about protecting the student before the athlete part, and they failed the student there. They failed a kid who, and as a learned disabled student myself when I was in college, it is something where like you need services to succeed. College is hard for people with learning disabilities. They need additional services, and to be out here like this kid is trying to better his chances of getting an education and learning while also playing basketball, but we're going to punish him and make him sit out a year because he wants to transfer schools because his school doesn't offer a service right now in COVID to help him learn to the best of his abilities is ridiculous. And is infuriating on so many levels. But once again, the NCAA just being a fraud of an organization. Yep, it is ridiculous. And 
One other quick note as I watch this Kansas Texas Tech game, the charge needs to be getting rid of. Oh, it should no longer be a call. Dude, Jay Bills, what game was that? Were you watching that? People that slide underneath everybody and just like fall over for no reason is insane. It's bad. You can have an out of control foul where somebody actually plows you over and then you fall to the ground. That should still be a a charge or a motion control foul or whatever that's actually called, but a charge should not be a thing. You should not be rewarded for just sliding in front of somebody and then falling over on your own. It's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing, and I thank God Jay Billis is on that train because he he does have a powerful voice, especially within college basketball, and can get some things done. I forget what game it was. It was a Duke game, I want to say, where he was just going off on one of the worst charge calls I have ever seen. Officiating in college basketball, as I watch more of it, I'm just reminded of how bad officiating in college basketball is, which... To be oh, fair, it's... it makes sense because there's so many games going on. So, like, the amount of crews you have to have, like, it can't all be the best. But, like, every year we get to the tournament and every year teams get screwed because of bad foul calls. And I don't understand how we don't have enough good officiating when this is their job to be calling better games. Like, there are going to be errors. There's human yeah. errors. Me and you make errors at our job every day. So they're going to make errors, too. But it's just, it seems like it's so bad. It's ni- It's just, it's so bad. <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase that. This this year, I'll cut them a little break because they usually do AAU in the summers and tune up and everything like that. So they didn't have that this year. I'll cut them a little bit of a break this year. But um, how is TV Teddy still, still employed? <laughs> he should go back to his day job. I mean. It's bad, dude. <sighs> It's bad. I don't know. I don't. It's the same every time, every single time with them. I don't know how anybody says, "Yeah, I want you to ref my conferences basketball games." I. That's the other thing. I never understand how the review process of these because they get reviewed and like their games are watched by like people to help improve their performance. And like it, in the same thing in football, there's like so guys, amazing. there's guys you know when they're officiating your game, it's gonna be like pass interference is gonna be absurd. Or, like, mm-hmm. you just know, and I don't know how that doesn't get better. I don't know how those people, like, it feels like there's too much job security in officiating. There's not enough firing, I feel like. Or, and you are right. We have to give them some slack this year because they didn't, just like players did, like everybody, they have been affected by COVID and haven't been able to get into the groove and kind of practice beforehand. But it is, it's unacceptable on a lot of levels. Yep. It was always my thing to call it consistently, but, um, and that's fine. And you adapt throughout the game but to have an official out there making it about himself all the time because he wants to call a tech i don't i don't even remember who it was i want to say it was marcus bingham jr on michigan state but he did he dunked the ball and then pulled himself up on the rim and he didn't even do like a chin up he was just gonna land flat on his back if he didn't let go of the rim if he let go of the rim and he called a tech on him it was one of the most ridiculous things i've seen and it was already this year and it was just to make it about himself again it always is with him those are the dumbest technical fouls in the history of the world. Those like where they pull themselves on the rim is it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That is not a technical like I don't know who decided that that should be a technical foul, but it is idiotic at its finest points. <laughs> or or even for slapping the backboard. Like yes, you always slap the backboard your entire life. Like you always tried you always try to smack out in high school football basketball when you're when you're going up for even a layup. You yeah. smack the glass. I mean, it's you walk so through any doorway, you smack the glass. <laughs> <laughs> you jump up and hit it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, it's a dumb tech. It's dumb officiating, but it is what it is at this point. Unfortunately, we are not in a position to change that. Maybe someday we'll be Jay Billis level and can make some inputs there. But I do – anytime Jay Billis gets on something, I feel like a change is 
almost intimate because he has such a, a big microphone, uh, megaphone to do it. Mm-hmm. But let's talk some college football here because it is it's conference championship week. It's a sad week because it's it's signaling the end of one of my favorite sports, but it's also a fun week because we got some good games here. Let's start with the Friday night slot in the Pac-12. Oregon, USC, minus three. USC is the favorite, over under 64. Oregon is in this game because Washington is having COVID issues and doesn't have enough eligible scholarship players to play in the Pac-12 championship, so they are in by default. But then again, I don't have a huge problem with it because last week was supposed to be the playing game for this. They couldn't go because of COVID issues. They put Oregon in. Whatever. Um, Crystal Ball, I think, might actually... This might be one of his last games as an Oregon Duck, I think. Possibly. Possibly. I have a feeling, I have a strong feeling Auburn's going to be giving him a call here soon and throwing a large amount of cash at him. Um, that's Speaking why. of that, real quick. Yes. Coaching searches and private flight trackers are one of my favorite things that I've ever seen in the entire world. I followed every single private plane going into East Lansing during their coaching search and watching some of the tweets about a private plane going from Indiana as well down to Auburn is one of the best things in the world. Dude, it's so funny. I don't I don't know when that all started, but my first real memory, it wasn't college football, but it was the Brett Favre tracking. Remember when he was like deciding really? he was going to play? That's my like uh-huh. earliest memory of, because I don't have a college football team. Like I didn't go to a, we, we went to Xavier, obviously the fans know that. My parents didn't go to football schools. Like I don't really have anybody that went to a football school, so I don't really have a football team, so I've never done it. That was my first like, that's my first memory of like the craziness that is tracking planes. And as I become older and gotten into college football a little bit more it's so funny to me when the fan bases are just tracking um six digit codes on the back of planes to figure out where coaches are going <laughs> yep it's tracking all private planes out of your city into <laughs> another specific city and if one lines up with an uh, if the owner of that jet is a major donor at your university then you're screwed yep <laughs> <laughs> it's true or if it's the other way around usually because usually they're flying. Usually those yes. donors are flying them in. So if there's a plane that leaves your city, goes to another city, and then comes back to your city, and is also owned by a donor, you know that that's one of your coaches that's interviewing for you. Yep. And I think Mario Cristobal is going to get a lot of looks. People, and I, I think that will surprise some people, but like his style of football is very SEC Auburn. Like he wants to play a physical smash mouth style of football. He's a good recruiter. Oregon has one of the best recruiting classes coming in this year that they've ever had in school history. I don't think he leaves Oregon because Oregon's a big enough program unless you get a chance to play in like the SEC or you get a lot of money, which Auburn can throw at you. Um, mm-hmm. But this game. Ah, there's a part of me that wants to say Oregon because they are a physical team. They are not great this year, but they are very physical. That, that can present some problems for USC here. They're versatile on offense, but USC, man, they just they don't get down on themselves. Slovis is an insane quarterback right now. He's playing great football. No matter how bad it looks optic-wise for them at any point in the game, they just they don't seem to get kind of down on themselves. They continue to fight. They continue to play hard, and it's worked out for them. And when you have that kind of gritty team that wants to eat i lean them to 
to clean out and go undefeated, which sucks because I know a lot of, I think, the USC alumni does not want Clay Helton there. I said last year, I think he's building something at USC. I think you have to give him time. Is he phenomenal? No. Is he the greatest coach in the country? No. But do I think he's building something? He's turning in decent recruiting classes. The culture's changing. They're becoming a good football team. I think he's going to be a very good. I think he's going to be a very good football coach. I think they win this game. I think they win the Pac-12. I think they're looking outside of the playoffs, obviously, but I think they probably sneak into the top ten, and I think they cover this. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say this. This could be interesting. I mean, you have a six and zero USC and a six and zero Ohio State team going in <laughs> 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 up for the college football playoffs. Gee, I wonder which one they're going to choose. <laughs> Speaking of Ohio State, I think Urban's starting to be rumored to potentially go. Like, USC might be re- reaching out to Urban. I know he turned down Texas. Did you, I was going to say, he turned down, turned down Texas. Yes, and I don't think he's going to come back to coaching football. I don't. I just I don't think that's in the cards for him. But if he was going to, USC feels like that fit. It, it hits on all his things. He's going to get paid well. It's a recruiting hotbed, and it's a program that is very historic, has a long history, but has fallen, not on hard times, they're the 13th team in the country right now. But they are not what people are used to from a USC product. And there's a challenge there, getting them back to the the top of the food chain. I think that presents the most. That USC feels like a right fit for Urban, but I don't think he's coming back to coaching. I think that's a fantasy of people. Yeah, I think once he turned down the Texas job, it seems like he's pretty much not coming back. I'd agree. But also interesting how that whole Texas job search went. I don't know about Texas. Texas is a. I just kind of write them off as a football program right now. And when I don't have to pay attention to them, I don't pay attention to them. And when I do, I I unfortunately have to chime in. But like I am so over Texas, and this Texas is back, but they're not back. But they've got X, Y, and Z talent coming in the door, but it doesn't produce on the field. It's just it's a hot mess down there. And of course, Mac Brown is turning UNC UNC into a program while Texas. Is fluttering around, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't... just had to Google if Tom Herman was still the coach. There. Oh yeah, he, he is. Sure is. He got an extension. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Texas. So. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't blame you if you choose Oregon because I, I could see it going both ways. I just this game is so close to me that I would rather take the team that seems to just find ways to win the football game. They get turnovers and they're just they never seem in the games I've watched of them. They just. Like, I watched last week against UCLA. They were down 21-10 at one point. At no point did any of their demeanors look down. Like, they just knew, like, hey, we just got to fight hard, and we can we can still come back in this game and cover, which they did. Thank, good, thank goodness there. <laughs> I had a great college football week. I lost – I think I went 6-2, and two, I think. But then nice. Sunday – it was bloody Sunday over here in Ohio because the NFL was not kind to me on Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, I like USC-Oregon here. I like USC as well. Yeah, or sorry, I like USC in that game. All right, Ohio State, Northwestern. The line's at 21, over-under's 51. This line's moved a little bit here. I don't know where I'm at. What? It's down to 20 now. Oh, Not I'm... that that makes a big difference. Yeah, I was going to say but it's it moving. Keeps on moving down. Uh, there's been rumors that they have a significant player on offense that's out for them. Ohio but it hasn't State? moved enough to make it feel like Ohio State does. But it hasn't moved enough to make it feel like it's Justin Fields. Um, God, but... no, yeah. That thing would I've been skyrocket rumors down. up here that there is a uh, um, significant Ohio State offensive player that's out. Interesting. For COVID. I don't know where to put this one. That is interesting. I think I'm leaning Northwestern here for the cover, not the game, obviously. But I don't like this because I could see the argument. Ohio State needs style points here because I don't think they're a lock right now. Um, 
for the exact reason I laid out earlier. If Alabama loses to Florida, and because the committee put them at seven, I think they're going to have a hard time putting Alabama looking outside, so they put them in at one loss. But then how do you deny the SEC champion, a conference champion, who beat Alabama? Against a six-win Ohio State team whose best win is Northwestern and Indiana, but like... I don't. I think there's going to be some problems here. So I think I, they need the style points. I think yeah. this is BCS air. You got to beat up on them, but can they beat up on them? Because Northwestern, I feel like this. My head keeps going back and forth here. I don't know if this is going to be like every time I feel like these games are blowout, or if they're going to play them close. Because Northwestern's secondary is good. Ohio State has shown some issues offensively. I feel like Northwestern is going to want to control the ball, run the ball a lot, give their guys on defense rest. Ramsey's good enough to make a couple plays. I don't know. I just I feel like this is closer than 20 points. But I don't know. I could also make the argument the other way. I don't know what to do here. I, I don't know what to do here either. Nate, you talked my mind into a, into a pretzel. <laughs> I was pretty sure that Ohio State was going to be coming down here uh, looking for style points and putting up a lot of a lot of points. But after hearing that there there's a few more people out with COVID at Ohio State, um, and I don't trust their defense. And when Justin Fields played in the one big game, for Ohio State this year that they had, he had a few picks. I mean, he got rattled once people were getting to him. This is my conundrum because I so I don't like <laughs> Tom, this. Isn't Tom the normal is Ohio State team right now? Yeah, like I think I lean. I think I lean Ohio State. Like they're obviously gonna want to blow them out. So it's it's if they do get up big early, I think blowout is intimate or gonna happen. But in my head, I'm thinking, okay, it's Northwestern. What are we looking at here? I think Northwestern is efficient on offense, but not they're not like their wide receivers aren't beating Ohio State's guys eight out of ten times. But they beat them enough, and Ramsey makes enough plays to get first downs and to have some chunk plays. So can they control the clock with running the ball? I think yes. I don't look at Ohio State's defense. I mean, their weak point is obviously their secondary. But Mm -hmm. I don't think they're so blow your socks off good here that Northwestern isn't going to be able to control the clock. And then I look at the other side of the ball and I go, okay, Northwestern has good secondary. Yes, Ohio State has better athletes, but they're not the normal Ohio State team. We've seen that offensive line have some issues. I think Northwestern is going to be able to bring some pressure. They play very disciplined football. They present some unique schemes defensively. So I feel like, yes, Ohio State's going to win, but by more than three touchdowns, I I don't think I don't think so because I I think time of possession wise Northwestern is just going to look to eat clock and try to move the ball and if they're eating clock I don't see how you beat them by more than three touchdowns that's my yeah. conundrum okay and, but in my other head I'm like well it's Northwestern it's a fast field Ohio State's just going to be quick scoring up and down the field but I just I haven't seen that yet of Ohio State and I think I'm I think I'm thinking too much of Ohio State teams in past and not what's actually on the field. And that's why I'm having a hard time justifying Ohio State here at three touchdowns, essentially. Yeah, I'd like to see Ohio State just blow them out and solidify themselves in the college football playoff (laughs) for the Big Ten. Um, But I don't know that I see it either. I mean, I'm like you. I am seeing Ohio State teams of old, but but I haven't seen an Ohio State team of old on the field this year. Correct. 
which is my problem. I think there's just I, I don't know. I just I don't have a good grasp, and it's hard because now they haven't had like an opportunity to show that they're the Ohio State team of past either. Right. Really, I mean they did somewhat against Indiana, but other than that, but even in that game, you go well. The offensive line wasn't great. They were able to bring pressure. Justin Fields collapsed mm-hmm. under pressure. The secondary gate had some problems with Indiana. Like that's the one true test, and we we're left with a lot of questions. And I don't know. I don't know. I think. I lean Northwestern, but I don't think I'm going to touch this game betting-wise. I lean Northwestern, but I'm not. I don't think I'm going to personally bet it. If I put it on my card when I tweet out on Saturday, then I am. But at this point in time, I'm not sure enough. I'd rather wait to see who the player is if they have one out with COVID before I do anything. Well, I guess actually, no. I think I'd rather not know. I'd rather take Northwestern now because if there is a big player out, that number is going to drop as soon as it's announced. And if he's not out, I'm still right where we we are. (laughs) Yeah, but you kind of know Vegas knows. That's true. That's also. True. I mean, Vegas. Vegas knows all. Oh. Which, if we want to say, if we want to loop that into Vegas knowing all, Vegas also knows that the college football program ranking, the college football oh, playoff rankings, 100%. is a load of crap, because Oklahoma is favored against the number six <laughs> team in the college football playoff <laughs> ranking system. Yep. Um, I like Oklahoma here. I'm taking Oklahoma. This is a sure, not a sure. I'm not putting it as a lock. But I'm I'm confident in my pick here because Oklahoma has got some athletes back on offense that they didn't have the first time. Their running back is back. And I think they have gotten better, which is why I made the argument weeks ago where their ranking was because they have gotten better. Like, they have progressed. The defense has gotten a little bit better. The offense is, is clicking a little bit more. Not to the point where they should be in the college football playoffs. So do not confuse what I'm saying there. But I knew because they had been improving, the committee was going to set them up because I think they they were going to win out, and I think they're going to win out here, and I think they're going to do it by at least a touchdown or more. I like the five number because I just think Ohio State's good. I think the coaching situation's good there, but they are not a team where if Oklahoma is really clicking offensively, that's going to stay with them. They just don't have that in them, I think, right now against what Oklahoma presents defensively from a schematic standpoint and being able to bring pressure and to kind of mess with Purdy's head a little. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I like Oklahoma in this game, too. I think Spencer Rattler, after he got benched, has uh, started to come under or get himself under control, basically, and start playing out of his mind. Um, So I like Oklahoma for that reason, and that's another reason why the college football playoff committee is a load of shit because they (laughs) only put Ohio State or Iowa State at number six so that they could argue that Oklahoma – beat the number six team in the country to possibly get them in if all hell broke exactly. loose at the top. Yep, 100%. And they've, they've had other teams in the top 20 that shouldn't be there, a.k.a. Texas, um, in the top 25 to help protect that as well because that's a that's another feather on the cap if they need to make My an argument. God, I don't even go down that far in the college <laughs> Dude, rankings either. I didn't know Texas was in there. Texas is currently sitting at 20, at 6-3 and three right now. They're sitting at what 20. Oklahoma point? State's at 21. Uh, Colorado's 25, and then you have Oklahoma and Iowa State. Yeah. Oklahoma State kind of has an argument. They're 7-3 but... right now, and they're sitting at 21. And Colorado's at 4-1. Oh, wait, no, Colorado's not in the – what am I talking Colorado about? is in the college football rankings. They are. 25. I was, but I was making – they're in the Pac-12, right? Am I losing my mind? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was putting them in the same conference. They're not. But, yeah, they're putting Texas at 20 and Oklahoma State at 21 to help give some extra feathers in the cap if they need to make an argument for Oklahoma to get in. <sighs> it's ridiculous. It's, ut- it's utterly absurd, but I do like them there. The big game, the big kahuna, I think. The most interesting game, Clemson-Notre Dame. The line's 10.5, over under 60. I know you 
have some feelings here. I also have some feelings here, but I'm nervous about the way I'm going to bet this game. In a, in I have a some feelings, but they're not very strong ones, Nate. So here's um, – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Because my feelings are two totally opposite feelings, and it's either Clemson's going to blow them out or I'm taking Notre Dame money line. I mean, there's really no in-between for me right now, <laughs> and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I am going Clemson here, and I'm going Clemson for these reasons. I don't love the pick, but I'm taking Clemson here for those reasons. First reason. Clark Lee, I think is his name, defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. He's the Vanderbilt coach. What does that mean? That means he spent time interviewing. It means he's spending time putting together his staff. It means he's spending less time. I know it sounds stupid, but it's true. He's definitely spending less time than he would on film and everything else getting ready for this game had he not gotten the Vanderbilt job. He is going to be the Vanderbilt head coach. That's been announced. That, I think, presents an issue because the first matchup, there were opportunities throughout that game where DJ just... And to his credit, he played great for a guy who'd never started on the road before. Tough team, great team, presents a real challenge in their front seven. But there were reads and throws to be made that he did not make that Trevor Lawrence will absolutely make, in my opinion. And so when you throw Trevor Lawrence into the mix, being able to do that, and you get a healthier defense, because what's his face? Skansky or whatever, the middle linebacker? He's going to be back. Mike Jones is going to be back on defense. It's a little healthier on defense than they had the first time around. I think that presents a unique challenge to Notre Dame where I don't love the 10, but Notre Dame has a great front seven. We know that. They're really good run defense, so ETN's kind of taken out, but I think they are creative, especially with Trevor Lawrence, putting him in the slot, running some screens, getting him into the open field. And the secondary for Notre Dame, in my opinion, is not very good. I shouldn't say not very good. That's wrong. Not very good to where they're the number two team in the country. Like, that's their weak point. Like, if you look at that defense, their weak point is their secondary. And I think Trevor Lawrence, having him back, having him have more experience in reading defenses, in big games, making throws, his arm talent's better, his mind is sharper. This, I think, presents a, a challenge here for Notre Dame. I think it's probably a 14-touchdown kind of game here. Um, so I think I take Clemson. But I'm also not going to be surprised if Notre Dame comes and wins this game. I just think... Adding all those layers in when you went to overtime the last time you played on home field is tough for me to justify that Notre Dame's going to win this game the second time. But they might. They've been a great team all season. I just I prefer to go Clemson and bet what I know than take a risk. Yeah, what I like about the Notre Dame money line pick is um, is as much as you say that. DJ might have missed some reads that Tre- that you think Trevor Lawrence would have made. He still have. 400 yards with three touchdowns. Oh, he played great. Um, so yeah. That be, yeah. So that being said, I mean, there's not, I mean, there is a big advantage to having the number one overall pick in the NFL draft back for a game, but I don't know how much that can elevate the offense. I mean, they scored so many points. They were keeping, it was like a track meet out there. So it wasn't like yeah. they left points out on the board. Um, so that's why I like Notre Dame is because their defense and they are more ex- the a ten and a half point spread after you beat a team is like a big slap in the face. So you can't really you can't get your kids up most of the time for more than two games a year. Yeah. But to slap a number two team in the country that already beat Clemson with a ten and a half point underdog card, I mean that could be one of those things that Brian Kelly's just rallying behind and going after. I mean, yes, the defensive coordinator not being there all the time now is 
a little bit concerning. Um, but at the end of the day, too, I mean, it is Clemson. Like, there's only so much film that you can really watch on them. That's true. Yeah. Um, I just – anytime there's a focus, a lack in focus because you've got other stuff going on, to no fault of his own, that's just the world in college football right now. He's taking a job. He's he's furthering his career. I'm not faulting him right there. It's just, for me, with all those added up, I'd rather lay the money, even though this line has moved, which I don't love, because I think it opened at a touchdown, seven, uh, and it's moved to ten. I don't love that. But I'd rather bet Dabo and that team, who knows, if they lose, they're done. Where Notre Dame, if they lose, as long as they don't get their teeth kicked in, is probably in. Um, I guess it's also more selfish that I want to pick uh, Notre Dame money line because I want to root for Notre Dame. Oh, I don't want to root for Clemson. Clemson, I'll have to root for Clemson, which is annoying. And plus, if Notre Dame wins, that will be even more chaos in the college football playoff, which I love. Oh, don't get me twisted. I am 100% rooting for Notre Dame to win here because I do not. I'm not a Dabo fan. Um, I don't want to root for Clemson, and I want that chaos. I want the questions to be asked about who should be that fourth team if Clemson is losing because there's no way they get in if they lose two. If Notre Dame loses, depending on the way in which they lose, I think they're probably still in unless, like I said, they get their teeth absolutely kicked in and they look completely different. Um wouldn't that be the shittiest thing to have, have happen to you as a Notre Dame fan is if you beat Clemson twice and then you you know how you don't beat a good team three times? Yeah. Like if Clemson sneaks in as the number four team and um, <laughs> or, and Notre Dame's kept at number two and Clemson wins their game against Alabama and then they have to play Notre Dame in the championship game oh. and then they end up losing the national championship game, that would be the worst thing in the world. I just laid out a scenario that I – almost kind of want to see happen now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be crazy. I don't I don't think there's a way unless it's like a missed field goal you type of situation. That. You say that, but they only dropped Florida one spot. That is true, but I think because they've had Texas A&M waiting in the wings, even though Texas A&M had their shot against they don't Alabama. Want Texas A&M. That's true. I mean, yeah. They the, very clearly do not want Texas A&M. Right now the That's situation That's why they left Florida so high in the college football ranking. That is very true. That is fair. Um I I don't know. Yeah. I also well once again I don't think they're going to lose this game but if they do it all depends on the way these teams lose I think is really going to be the determining factor. If one of these teams gets their absolute teeth kicked in then I think the argument for dropping one out is a lot stronger. If it's a really close game, hard fought game, mm-hmm. there's going to be some decisions to be made. Um but I'm going to lay my money with Clemson. Um Alabama Florida, I don't have much here. I think 17 and a half is a little big for this. Oh. Um, because had Al- had Florida not lost that game to LSU, this line would not be this big, I don't think. They get Pitts back. I do think Saban, he's a defensive genius. I think he's going to try to eliminate uh, Pitts. Do I think Florida has a bit of a letdown spot? Y- yeah, a little bit, but I also think Florida knows that if they win this game, there's a chance they still might make it because it's going to be hard to justify not putting a conference champion in when the committee, since... 2014 has put such a heavy emphasis on winning a conference championship. I know the SEC gets teams in without one, but like it's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard to put the put Alabama in without one and leaving the team out based on what they've said. But they don't have any. They don't care. Um, they don't, they have, don't any have any morals. Yeah, yeah, they don't have any morals. But I think it's going to be a conversation. So I don't think Florida is going to be completely down. I think they are going to get up for this game. 17 feels big, but then again, it's Alabama. They're just. They're pouring it on. I just, I don't know where Florida's going to get a stop is my problem. And I anticipate Alabama getting a few. I just don't know how Florida stops this offense. I guess that's fair, but 
I also think Florida had a huge look ahead spot and they've been preparing for Alabama for the past like three or four weeks anyways. Yeah. Um, and that's why they lost the LSU game. So I am surprised to see this that high. I don't like that that high. I think I bet the number here. And with it, Florida, that, with it but... being that high, the 74 doesn't look too bad to me, as crazy as that sounds. No, yeah, I've been looking <laughs> at it too. I just I haven't decided if I feel like that's too big or not, but I think that's probably where I'm probably going to lean that way. But I, I think I might just bet the number here and the fact that the value is so high at 17 and a half. Like, I don't love Florida, but that number, and I do this in the NFL all the time. When there's a big spread, I'm like, it's the NFL. Yeah, teams get clobbered, but like you bet against the big spread. Like you bet the number as opposed to the team. I think I'm betting the number here at 17 and a half as opposed to the team of Florida. Because I do think I think they know if they win this game, they have a shot. Like they're in the conversation for sure. I don't know if they get in the room, but they're definitely being talked about as getting into the room. Um I don't know if you have anything else on that game, but that's kind of what I got. Uh, my picks right now decided on USC minus three. Buffalo Ball State over 67 and a half. Oklahoma minus five and a half. Buffalo Ball State? Over. Yes. Ball or Buffalo has been hanging it on teams. They have they in all five of their games, they've scored more than 40 plus points in all five of their games. They rush, they average rush for 344 yards a game. It's incredible. It's mainly by like one guy. Yes. It's incredible. And Ball State does not, I don't think they have a, from what I read, they don't really have much of a defense that could stop them. So if Buffalo is if in all in all five games they've scored more than forty points. I'm assuming they're going to do that. Their defense hasn't looked great from what I read and what I've looked at number wise. So I think you know it's not unrealistic to have Ball State. The spread's at thirteen, so like they put up twenty seven. We got ourselves an over here. So or twenty eight. Yeah, our buddy, our buddy Mike brought their Buffalo's running back to my attention. On, oh, he's uh, a Heisman Trophy candidate, and I was like, "Wait, a Buffalo running back? Why?" Dude, he and then he had like three hundred yards in one game, <laughs> and then another game with two hundred yards, and then the last game he didn't have very much rushing yards because they had a different running back that went off for one hundred ninety rushing yards. They're first in in all of NCAA in rushing, and it's primarily Insane. by one guy. UNC's behind them, but they have two guys that do it. Like <laughs> they've got pretty much one. So I like that over. Um, I'm still debating some. I'm gonna. I'll probably go. Uh, Florida is the number, and then I have my future bet on UC, but I don't know if I like 14. 14 feels big in that game. So I'm going to add some to the card, but that's what I got for sure. USC minus three. Uh, what did I say? Oklahoma minus five and a half over 67 and a half for Buffalo Ball State game, and that's all I've got at this time, but I will add. Um, I kind of like the UC minus 14 and a half with them, being, with them being given the eight spot in the college football playoff like yeah. that's just absolute disrespect for no reason Correct. sure they struggled against UCF I made the argument earlier that they really did not um deserve to be in a the conversation for the college football playoff but then the committee went out and just slapped me in the face said you're an idiot um <laughs> we're gonna put Iowa State and Georgia and Florida after they lost an embarrassing game to LSU over UC so with that being said I think UC is going to come out here for a vengeance and look like they did in the early year when we, earlier in the year before the UCF game when we just kind of knew it's going to be embarrassing after the end of the first quarter, no matter how close the game's supposed to be. I agree. I agree. Um, to a point, I have my future bet on them to win the conference. I don't. I agree with that assessment. I, I mean, fuck it. I'm just going to go UC. I've been riding them all year. <laughs> fuck it. Let's just go with them. Let's put. It, let's ride it on them. Um, I don't know if you had any bets outside of that, but that's that's my card as of right now. I will add to it as the week goes on, or as we get closer to game time here. 